It's the last Sunday of 2019 <laughs> and, and, and we are here and we're sort of on the threshold. How are we doing? How are you doing, Justin? We haven't caught up in a while. How was Christmas? You went up a mountain. I saw some photos. <laughs> That's what you do on Christmas anyways. <laughs> where's, where's Blake? Blake had a birthday. Anybody, anybody else had a birthday in the last two weeks? Oh yes, you had a birthday yesterday. Happy birthday. So just, this might feel like a wild service, just letting you know. Anybody else had a birthday? Cool, all right. Just making sure everybody feels included. I like your headwear. What's that? Is that flowers in your head? That looks really nice. Anyways, all right. <laughs> Last day of the year, and I want to preach a message to you called Still on Schedule. Well, what I want to speak on is how many of us have set goals for the year, and sometimes we don't hit it. And I want to really talk about that, our dreams, or desires that we have. I don't read from Acts chapter 3, verse 1. It says, Now Peter and John went up together to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour. And a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms from those who entered the temple, who, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked for alms. And fixing his eyes on him with John, Peter said, Look at us. So he gave them his attention, expecting to receive something from them. Then Peter said, Silver and gold I have not, but what I do have I give in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up, and immediately his feet and his ankle bones received strength. So he, leaping up, stood and walked and entered the temple with them, walking, leaping, and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God. Then they knew that it was he who sat begging alms at the beautiful gate of the temple. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. I want to read one more passage of Scripture. Luke 21, verse 37, talking from the life of Jesus. It says, Each day Jesus was teaching at the temple. And each evening he went out to spend the night on the hill called the Mount of Olives. Why don't we pray? Father, we thank you for this time. I thank you, God, that even though I am tired, your spirit is willing to touch people and touch hearts. And I thank you, God, that this morning uh, that you would speak in such a powerful way into situations that still need answers, into circumstances that may seem confusing. And I thank you, God, that you will speak specifically from this passage of Scripture. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. As we're entering into a new year, what I want to do is maybe you could call it a little Bible study. Uh, but really what I want is I want to really speak faith into your situation. I really want to speak faith into what you're facing. I believe that when we step into a new year, there needs to be a new word. There needs to be a new uh, a focus, there needs to be a new realm of faith, there needs to be a new dimension that is there. And as we look at this text in Acts chapter 3, uh, the story is about a guy who was lame uh, the, from pretty much from the time he was born, it says from the time uh, he was conceived or time he came out, from the time he was from his mother's womb, he was, he was lame. He, was, he, was, he had a, a health situation and the Bible says that he experienced what we call a miracle. Do you agree? 
And when you read this passage of Scripture, the first thing you, it stands out to you is this is nothing but a miracle. If you look through it and that's the first thing you get out of it, I can talk about how God is still a God who does miracles. Just like He did miracles in the Gospel, just how He did miracles in the book of Acts, He can do miracles today. If you read it again a few more times, you start noticing that it was Peter and John. It's one thing when Jesus does miracles. It's a whole other thing when people do miracles. We know that Jesus is God, but he is also man. But a lot of times, sometimes we sort of put the things that Jesus do until only uh, uh, under the carpet of only what Jesus can do. But when we see Peter and John operate like Jesus, it gives us hope to believe that the lifestyle of Jesus can become ours. But that's not what I want to talk about this morning. What I want to talk about this morning is about the lame man. Because as you read the text, the Bible does not spend any bandwidth giving us his name. It says a man who was lame from the time he was born, from his mother's womb was carried. It says in verse 2, when they, lay, when they daily laid him at the gate of the temple, which is beautiful. Uh, you know, we notice in this passage of Scripture that they don't mention that what his name is, but they mention the fact that he was lame from the time he was born, perhaps to maybe help us identify that this was chronic. It was not that he went out and played cricket on Christmas and had a sprain. You know what I'm saying? It's not like you come into church and yes, I'll pray for you and maybe it might be a mix of massage and a prayer and you might be healed. It's not one of those miracles. It was this guy was born lame. It was a legitimate situation, which points to the fact that this was something that was chronic. This was something that he battled all his life. And, and, and the thing was, the Bible says that they laid this guy at the temple every day. I want you to understand that the Bible calls it the temple, but that is modern day vernacular for church. They, he, he, in other words, this guy did not just come to church on a Saturday or on a Sunday. He came to church every day. So from the time he woke up in the morning, he, his appointment, his schedule was, I'm going to go to church. I'm going to be laid at the side of the temple. I'm going to be put at the entrance and I'm going to encounter people. I can imagine as this guy was growing up, every other friend, every other child was going to school, but because he was lame, he couldn't make it. There was no modern day transportation, so it would have been a real struggle to get to school. So he probably would have been skipping school. Every other child would go out to play, but he couldn't play because he was handicapped. He was that kid that cannot walk perhaps one day as he was growing up he began to hear about this guy called Jesus he began to hear stories about Jesus he began to hear about how Jesus would heal the blind people how Jesus would cleanse the lepers how Jesus would raise the dead I mean Jesus did all sorts of miracles probably there were rumors spreading around about this teacher this rabbi called Jesus See, what a lot of us don't understand is that one of the places Jesus hung out a lot was at the temple. I hear a lot of people say things like Jesus came to get rid of the temple. No, he did not. He came to restore the temple. Jesus did not come to destroy the Lord. He, law, he came to fulfill and reveal the law. And I say that because people have this connotation that Jesus was everywhere else apart from the church. But if Jesus' itinerary was in the mornings, he was at the temple, and at the nights, he was at the Mount of Olives praying. That was a schedule. So if Jesus was in the temple in the Bible, that tells me that there's a high possibility that Jesus is still in his church. 
Just saying that. I love, the, I love the fact, if there's one thing we can learn about this man, regardless of the fact that he had a miracle, was his consistency. I think so many of us struggle to come to church on a Sunday. This guy was at the temple every day. If there's one rhythm I want to have in my life in 2020 is somebody that will check into the temple daily, sitting at the edge of the table saying, God, what is the word that you have for me? What is the thing that you want to say to me? And so I can imagine, I wonder, and this is me just reading between the lines, but I wonder if this man strategically placed himself, in fact, it was common historians say that it was common behavior for people that had health issues to find themselves at the entrance of the temple so as when Jesus was on his way to enter the temple that he would have mercy on them and lay hands on them. And I wonder if there were occasions that Jesus was walking by that there were lepers and there were blind people. And it makes sense because the thing about being blind is you're walking aimlessly, but at least you're walking. But the thing about being lame is you need to be carried everywhere. So I wonder if there were occasions where this man was calling out to Jesus or because of the lineup of people that needed a miracle, he could never get through to Jesus. I say this because there are some of you that are signed up for the Jesus thing, but you yet haven't seen your miracle and maybe you're about to give up on your faith and you think, as I get into 2020, yes, I've come to church, I've done DNA, I've been a part of this and I've been a part of that, but yet I haven't seen the miracle. I'm still, why am I still so anxious? Why am I still so bound? Well, I'm here to tell you that your miracle is still on its way. Because we read at the end of the story that despite of the fact that Jesus was, was there in the flesh or he wasn't there, God still uses people to point us to our miracles. And I can imagine this man even almost being disappointed that even Jesus couldn't help him. I wonder there were times when he was walking by because this is another religious thing that would happen back in those times where people would talk about who sinned. It was common practice in Israel, whenever they saw someone with an illness, that it, they always associated with it with, a, with some form of a sin. Most times, especially if you had that illness from childhood or from childbirth, it's, it's because somebody sinned. It's common practice for kids to turn to their parents and so say, mom, who sinned? Was it his father or was it his mother? I wonder as families were going into the temple, can you think about the frustration of this man? Every day they laid him outside of the temple, but yet, yet never he went into the temple. They laid him at a gate called beautiful, but yet he could never encounter the beauty. And so this man is sitting there, and I can imagine children asking and whispering to their parents saying, Mom, who sinned? Was it his, was it his mother? Was it his father? I can imagine just the look of judgment that he received as people saw him. And every now and then someone would have a little bit of compassion and toss him a coin here and toss him a bit of money there. And so what happens is this man is at the temple looking for Jesus. But unfortunately, Jesus never turned up. Just a bit of an honest moment. Has there ever been a moment in your life where you've turned up but you felt Jesus didn't? Some of you have had those moments this year where you thought God would come in such a way, in such a moment, at this place, and He did not. And, and, and the two things that happen, either you start keep believing, or you start arguing, or you start reasoning, or you're left confused. But the thing that happens with 
99% of people that don't encounter the God they thought they would see is that they would change their expectation. Just, just to accommodate the relationship, we have the tendency to change our expectation. So at, so at some given point, this lame man went from believing for a miracle to becoming the beggar outside beautiful. Because he thought he would never experience his breakthrough. He thought he would never see the shift that he needed to see. See, I think some of us feel this way because when we signed up for this Jesus thing, we thought by now we would be better. I thought by now I would be able to walk. I thought by now I would be able to see. I thought by now I would be able to hear God. And for some of us, it's actually worse than that. It's not the fact that we struggle. It's the fact that we struggle with the same thing. It's one thing to go from struggle A to struggle B. But this guy was lame from the day he was born. He has been struggling with the same thing for 35 years. But I think I'm, I'm, I'm speaking to a bunch of people that bear witness this morning because you also know that some of the struggles you face are the same battles you were facing 20 years ago. I thought by now we would have had a home of our own. I thought by now our marriage would have been better. I thought by now the business would have thrived. I thought by now, Pastor Alvin had a word for 2019 called Thrive. If there's anything I haven't thrived, I've only wrought it. Anyways, <laughs> I, thought, I thought by now we would have had kids. I thought by now we would have had stopped having kids. <laughs> I, thought, I thought by now I would have been thinner. Well, start of 2019, I said to myself, I'm going to lose 10 kilos. I've got good news. I've got 15 to go. <laughs> That's not that funny. <laughs> and, and we start thinking about things that we've been believing for. And all of a sudden, in fact, the Bible has a scripture. The Bible calls it hope deferred makes the heart sick. This lame man who probably once had hope, you that once had hope for 2019, you that once had hope for 2018 maybe, and that hope just, be, be, just, just is just moving and moving and moving. And before you know, it's not even happening. And all of a sudden, there's a sickness that creeps in. And the reason why I'm spending so much time sharing about this is because I need you to understand that when this man encountered Peter and John in Acts chapter 3, he wasn't looking for a miracle. He was looking for some loose change. Has there been an area in your life where you have shifted from believing for a miracle to just believing for some loose change? Just a little word here. Just a little bit of a goosebump. Just a little bit of an intuition, God. Just a little bit of, no, no, I'm not believing big anymore. I'm just believing enough to stay whole for the next 24 hours. I'm not believing for a great year. I'm just believing enough to stay sane for the next 15. I'm not believing too much. I'm just believing that I would go one day without, a, without an argument with my spouse. I'm not believing too much. I'm just hoping for one week without a crisis with my kids. What is it that we've sort of toned down? In other words, he shifted from a believing mindset to a give me mindset. 
I'll take anything that you'll give me. And that's when you come to a place with God. It's interesting that this man's expectation was so low, even though he went to church every week. Even though he went to church rather every day. See, some of us think just by turning up, we've ticked a few boxes. But that really doesn't mean anything. Because it, we can sometimes go to a place of, I no longer go to church to encounter God, but I'm coming just so that I can get some attention. And I'm not judging you. I'm just saying that's probably where you live because the last time you believed for a God encounter, you probably didn't receive it the way you thought you would get it. And so now you've toned it down to, I just go there for the friends. I just go there for the connection. I just go there for the relationship. I just go there for the coffee that travels three hours to get me a coffee. Uh, in case you don't know the people that come, they, they travel three hours to get your coffee. They milk the cows and they get the coffee. <laughs> it's really dangerous to get me preaching when I'm jet lagged, but they travel from Mount Tambourine, that's all. The milk is from Mulaney. <laughs> and, and, and so we tone down our position, even though we are present, we've shifted our position. We're not believing for the same thing that we believed in the first place. And you can talk that, to, I mean, this might be a message for somebody that's been in church longer than six months. If you've been in church less than six months, you're still excited. You're still believing for a miracle. I'm, I'm just preaching for the rest of us that have probably had a few runs, that have probably had a few scars, that have had a few battles, that have had a few issues. And, and you know what I'm talking about, where you tone down what you're believing for. Because for this man, when Peter and John walked up, he just saw that as another person that's going to give them some loose change. Just another person that's going to be nice to me. This is just another person. And sometimes we can approach a church, we, not just a church, but we can even approach a new year and we can approach a new decade with that same sense of ordinariness. And what it does is it paralyzes our potential. When you approach, I wasn't sure if I need to share the story, but I will probably share the story. I remember when we were entering into 2010, I was so excited. And there was another person uh, in ministry. And I remember I was having coffee with this person. And I said to this person, I'm so excited about it being 2010. And I said, why? Is this another year? I said, yeah, it's another year. And that excites me. But I'm also excited that it's another decade. And now as I sit on the edge of 2019 and heading towards the threshold of 2020, I'm not trying to compare. But when I look at what the Lord has done in my life from 20, uh, 2011 to 2019 and I look at what God has done in His life, it is sad because I know there was a calling on His life. I know there was a dream that was in Him. But because even the tone and His expectation that He had towards the decade, that can be a reflection of how your year is going to look. And I want you to be careful of how you enter into this next season. Yes, I know you're disappointed. Yes, I know, I know you did not hit those goals. Yes, I know you did not hit those targets. But I want you to believe again that there's a great year around the corner. I want you to hope again that God has got great things for you. Ordinariness is the enemy of miracles. In verse 5, it's amazing. Because in verse 5 and verse uh, 4 and 5, rather, it says that Peter and John starts talking to him. And then, then it says that he looked up hoping that he could get some money. See, Peter and John looked at him because they knew he was about to have a miracle. But he looked at them 
because he was expecting some money. What am I trying to say? See, a lot of times they tell us that when we don't have the kind of faith we need to have, we will not receive what we need to receive. I'm going to speak against that. See, this man did not have faith to be healed, but he had faith enough for some loose change. God will use your loose change faith to take you to your miracle if that's all you give him. He will use an ounce of your faith. He will use five loaves and two fish. He will use a little bit of oil. He will use anything that you give him. Maybe you do not have faith for the miraculous, but you have faith enough to believe that God can speak. He will use that. Who am I speaking to this morning? He will use anything you give him. He will use anything. I love the fact that Peter and John doesn't say, we can see the way you look at us. We can see the way your expectation is. You're not expecting enough for your miracle. No, his expectation was just for some change. But you know what I love? I love the fact that they challenge his expectation. Because they say to him, silver and gold, we have none. But that which we have, we are about to give you. I'm going to change my angle whereas I share this. Are there places in your life that you're trying to satisfy with silver and gold? And, and it only satisfies you for a week or so. But the true satisfaction will only come from the presence of God. Is there a relationship that you're in that will satisfy you for a moment? But you know, my friend, at the end of the day, you are still lonely. You're still dry. You're still anxious. You're still dead because silver and gold. See, until that given moment, silver and gold satisfied him at this level. But Peter and John said, my friend, you have been at this level for so long. But as you walk into this new season, as you walk into 2020, silver and gold is not going to feed your dream. Silver and gold is not going to feed your hope silver and gold is not going to feed your faith there's something else that I'm about to give here's what I'm trying to say are you shortchanging the relationships in your world just to pacify those people that truly need the truth from you here's a worse reality am I shortchanging myself are there areas in my life where I struggle but I make excuses for my struggle because I say, I need Alwyn time. I need, I deserve it. I, yes, there are disgruntled people in the church, so I need to have extra caramel in my Sanchuros. Yes, I deserve it. I deserve it. Yes, it's not going to fix the problem. It's not going to fix anything. In fact, if anything, it's only going to fix my waist a bit further. But it doesn't matter because at that moment, I just need me some silver and gold. But friend, I want to tell you in 2020, don't drag silver and gold because that won't take you anywhere. It might satisfy you for a moment. It might satisfy you for a week. But what you need is a word from God. What you need is a word from God. Don't look for loose change when, when, when what you need is a word from God. What is the things in your world? Yes, here's the thing about silver and gold. They satisfy you for that given moment. But it's not going to be the answer that you need. It's really not going to help the situation. And they look at this guy and they say to him, in the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. I've been so mesmerized by this text as I've been studying this 
last night and this morning, you notice that Peter and John never spend a moment praying for this guy. Never said, Father, be it your will. Fast three days, are we going to come back? Lay some oil on you. Do whatever. Get a prayer shawl. Blow the shofar. We're good for now. <laughs> you know, whatever, whatever needed. You know, none of that. No, no prescriptions. Just, they said, in other words, this is what they were saying. You received all the prayer. You received all the ministry. You received all the words you need. But what you need to do is get up and walk. Can I say to somebody in this room, I have a prophetic word for you. And the prophetic word is not to be a missionary in North Korea. No, the prophetic word is just get up and walk. Get up from that field. Get up from that habit. Get up from that addiction. Get up from that mindset. Get up from that way of thinking. Some of us need to even physically maybe do that. To get up and walk. Just to shift things around in our world rise up he he gave him such a practical advice just get up and walk in other words what they did was they challenged the situation because the guy cannot get up and walk see it seems normal for us to get up and walk but it's abnormal for him to get up and walk maybe you are wanting a word from God but maybe God is needing a response from you Maybe you're saying, God, what's that next word? God is saying, no, 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 I want, I've put a word before you. I've put a challenge before you. Yes, the challenge seems impossible. Yes, the challenge seems radical. Yes, the challenge seems uh, a bit crazy. But I just need to speak to that situation. As I walk into 2020, I want to speak into some things. In other words, before the miracle happened, Peter and John spoke the miracle. They spoke it into being. I want to encourage us as a church to start speaking into mountains, speaking into situations that have been coming our way for many for such a long time. I want to encourage you to speak to that loneliness, to speak to that anxiety, to speak to that depression. I want to I want, maybe it's that maybe it's a course. If it's a course that you did, maybe it was a uni degree that you did that you haven't completed. Maybe you need to go back and complete it. Whatever it is in your world that's left incomplete, I want to encourage you this morning to rise up and walk, to stand out. In other words, what I'm trying to say is we need to send our words out in the direction that we want them to go. Before he walked, they told him to walk. Before he got up, they told him to rise up. In other words, we need to start talking victory when we are starting to feel defeat. We need to start talking healing when we are feeling sick. We need to start speaking blessing and prosperity when we don't have anything. And we need to start marching when we feel like quitting. Wishing you can walk is not going to make you walk. Start speaking and see it happen for the glory of God. Speak it out. I want to encourage you this season to start speaking out by faith, to speak things that you might be, I know some of us are even intimidated. I remember in, I believe it was 2007, it was Christmas. I was in a house we were having food, and all of a sudden, I just felt I had a God download. It was so powerful that I took my phone out in the middle of dinner, and I had to type it. I did not have a notebook, and I remember I wrote down probably five things that I'm believing for. And can I say, in a two-year time window, each of those five things came to pass. you got to speak it out. you got to write it down. you got to declare it. Can I say this? Power in declaration. 
And what I notice in this text is it says in verse 7, and he took him by the right hand and lifted him up. And immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. See, a lot of us think a miracle would, this, this wouldn't qualify as a miracle for some of us. A lot of us think a miracle would be if the guy was sleeping and he just got up and started walking. But the Bible actually says that they lifted him up. See, a lot of us, when it comes to God, we're looking for a handout, but God is looking to lift us up. He's looking to lift us up to a new place. He's looking to lift us up to a new dimension. They lifted him up. It's almost like taking him to a new place. You've never felt what it is like to walk. You've never felt what it is like to move. You've never felt what it is like to sort of be helped around. But in that moment, he experienced what it was to walk. And notice it says that all of a sudden, the guy did not just start walking. He started leaping. He started dancing. He started praising God. See, walking is what I can do, but leaping is only what God can make me do. What is it that you can do? And maybe you're like, I can't walk. Well, get a Peter and John around you and get them to help you up. Get somebody around you that you can be accountable to, that can be a mentor, that can be a coach, that can cheer you on, that can pat you on the back. Not, not some loose change. I'm saying goodbye to some loose change relationships. I don't want me any loose change relationships in 2020. I want me some Peter and Johns that will hold me by the hand when I feel weary, when I feel weak, when I feel broken. Is there anybody in this room that wants some new relationships people that will help me up but what I like about this guy is and this is probably why his miracle was delayed this is all my observation now I can't say that but I can say from experience that sometimes God delays the only reason I see that God can delay a miracle is because he always wants to get the glory. And sometimes what comes in the way of his glory, it's not anybody else, but it's me. Sometimes I can be, because I wonder if this guy was probably healed maybe a few years before. Maybe he would not have had a perspective like he has in Acts chapter 3. Maybe he would have said, I've got my legs back. I need to get me a job. I got my legs back. I need to go on a date. But what I like about this guy was the one place that he was all his life. It says he stood up and he entered into the temple. If there's one thing he should have resented, it should have been the temple. He was just, he was sick and tired of the goats bleeding all night. He was sick and tired of the incense. He was sick and tired of the judgmental people in there. These judgmental people could do me nothing. They just criticized me. They just spat on me. They just gave me some loose change. I mean, but it says that he started jumping, leaping, and he goes into the temple. In other words, this is what I believe. I believe that praise is what feeds our miracles. And maybe you are here in this room and maybe you're yet to see God move. But I know for a fact that in 2019, we've all had moments where God has lifted us up. We should have been left down there, but God has lifted us up. And I want to I encourage you and I want you to think about maybe in the few seconds that we have together, moments in your life where God has lifted you up in this year alone.
Moments in your life where you should have been crushed, where you could have been crushed, where things could have happened in any other way. I know there's been a lot of bad things, but I want to just focus on some of the great things, some of the unusual things, some of the unexpected things. And I want you to understand that those are moments that God has lifted you up. And it goes on to say that he goes inside. He entered the temple with them. He goes inside. Can I encourage you as people of God? In 2019, some of us might have been on the fringes. We were at the threshold. Is that a miracle? Is that God talking? Maybe it's God. Maybe it's them. Can I encourage you in 2020 say, I'm not going to be on the edge. I'm not going to be on the threshold of the temple. In 2020, I'm going to go all in. I'm going to go all into what God, and that does not mean, just, I'm not, this is not a church message. This is not a message saying you've got to be all in and downpour. No, that's part of it. But I'm saying I'm going to go all in in my relationships. I'm going to go all in in my marriage. I'm going to be all in in what it is to be a father, what it is to be a mother, to what it is to be an employee, to what it is to go to school, to what it is to start that business. I'm going to be where God's called me to be. I'm not just going to stay. Don't flirt with the idea of starting something. If you're going to start something go all in and he said that now that God has blessed me so far I'm not gonna anymore hang out in the foyer I'm gonna go all in what that tells me is it was commitment but what that also tells me is he was going all into the presence church I want to encourage you as we go into 2020 and as we have hopes and dreams and goals can I encourage you to make one of your goals the presence of God I don't know what that looks like and means to you, but for some of us, it may be something as starting as, I'm going to make five minutes a day for the presence of God. For some of us, that might be something as simple as, I'm going to be consistent in the house of God. God will speak to you in whatever way, in whatever form. And I say all this because I want you to know that in the hands of God, your life is still on schedule. See, this guy thought he'd missed the memo. He thought he'd missed the opportunity of the miraculous. And maybe you're here and you've stopped believing for the miraculous in your life. And maybe you've toned down your expectation. But this morning I want to speak and say believe again. Hope again. Whatever dream, whatever desire that God spoke to you when you were 21. When God spoke to you when you were a teenager. When God spoke to you maybe a year ago. Believe again. In fact, the book of Ezekiel talks about how Ezekiel sees this valley of dry bones. And God says to him, son of man, can these bones live? And then Ezekiel says, God, only you know. And then God says to Ezekiel, speak to those bones. What are the bones in your life? What are the things that are dry and just dead? I want to encourage you to speak to that again. In Jesus' name, it's going to happen. In Jesus' name. This is going to take place in Jesus' name. I will be healed. In Jesus' name, we will have that house. In Jesus' name, that business will thrive. In Jesus' name, my kids are going to be blessed. In Jesus' name, my marriage is whole. In Jesus' name, my body will be healed. In Jesus' name, I will live to see the fullness and the calling of God. In Jesus' name, it's not just one city. It's not just one nation, but it's the nations of the world. In Jesus' name, come on, church. Let's start taking territories. Let's start speaking out. Why don't we stand up to our feet? Let's start speaking out into situations, into areas in our lives. And we're saying, God, in Jesus' name, we are believing this morning. We 
we're believing this morning, it's never too late. And God will use anything. You may not have faith enough to reach where God is calling you, but you have just enough faith to reach out to God and worship. You have just enough faith to just cry out to Him, to speak out to Him, to reach out and say, God, I need you this morning. God, I need you this morning. I need your presence this morning. As we sing in a moment, I just want you to just reach out and worship and start visioning what God has for you. Start believing low, start thinking big, start hoping big because we serve a big God. Come on, let's reach out to Him. Why don't we sing our tongues of fire as we testify of the goodness of God. 